Three, two, one, go. Careful. What are you doing? Are you okay? Hello and welcome to Power Drifting, the Rally Game Podcast. This is Bonus Stage, a short and sweet mini episode where either I, Tom, or my co-driver, Mike, take a look at a game that maybe the other host hasn't played or one that doesn't really deserve its own full-blown episode. In this case, it's the former rather than the latter, as I take a fuzz-filled, cartridge-based nostalgia trip back to the late 90s with the Nintendo 64 Rally title, Top Gear Rally. Let's get this show in the mud. So, Top Gear Rally was developed by Boss Game Studios, and it was released by Midway in the US and Chemco in the PAL territories, uh, October 97 in the US, and a month later in November 97 in Europe. And a nice bit of trivia, according to Wikipedia, is that it did actually receive a Japanese re- release. I wasn't even aware of this release. Um, that came a bit later and had a whole new intro sequence and some new Japanese-centric vehicles as well. And it's a game that I do have a bit of a history with because I remember being absolutely bowled over by the um, what we now know as target renders for Top Gear Rally. When the N64 was kind of in its infancy and was still known as Project Reality, they did release a lot of these kind of, I believe they're known as bull shots now, where they would show these kind of really, really well-rendered videos of supposed in-game footage, which clearly weren't run on N64 hardware. And there is a really famous about three-second clip of Top Gear Rally running on what is most definitely some kind of high-end silicon graphics machine. And you've got this car kind of careening over these different surfaces with this like windscreen wiper effect that changes the, the environment that the car's driving through. If you go onto YouTube and just type Top Gear Rally target render, you'll find it. And, and that really excited me for the prospect of the N64 to be able to play games that actually look like, you know, like Toy Story, for example. It's actually quite clear now, looking back at that footage, that it really wasn't anything approaching actual gameplay because even if the game did look that good, the way the cars sort of handle, the way the track undulates, it could never be playable. It it looks, you know, very much like a proof of concept more than anything. However, to the um, teenage me, the idiotic teenage me that was uh, taken in by the hype of the N64, I saw that and thought, that's the console for me, so... Not long after launch, I got my N64. Didn't really have many games for it in the first few months after I got it. I had things like F1 Pole Position 64, uh, Turok Dinosaur Hunter, Super Mario 64. And in that period of my life, I was one of those gamers, as I'm sure many people were who were entering their teenage years around that time, where money was tight and you kind of relied on games given to you at birthdays and Christmas, or if you had a job like a paper round or something, you could possibly save up and buy a game. The games were so expensive for the N64 when it released. They were like £60, £70 each for a cartridge. And um, yeah, I I did get Top Gear Rally quite soon after it had released because I had been enamoured with it since I saw those target renders, you know, probably years before I even got my N64. 
I think I possibly swapped something like Turok Dinosaur Hunter for it because, as I said, I only had one game you know, at a time with the 64. To have more than one game was something of a luxury back then. Suffice to say, when it actually, you know, when I did actually get my hands on the game and I put it into my N64 and began to play it, it slowly dawned on me that it didn't look anything near as good as was promised initially in those uh, aforementioned target renders. Obviously, I'd seen the, the the sort of build up in the magazines at the time, so I'd seen the screenshots and I, I you know, some of the visual polish had been reduced somewhat, uh, a lot, shall we say? And that's not to say that the game is, is bad by any means or that the reviews were bad. Uh, no, far from it. I'm just really going off my own my own experiences with this one. And, you know, even though it didn't look as good as I was hoping, uh, it's actually still, or was, a damn fine game and was the only rally game on the N64 for quite some time. Uh, I don't really count multi-racing championship as a, as a rally game because it's, well, it's not. Um, and this Top Gear Rally was, until things like V-Rally appeared, was the only option really for those people who like to uh play rally games I mean, i'd come from a sega saturn so i'd had the the delights of sega rally to play and there are some similarities in the, in the way the cars handle you can see that they've taken some cues but there's also uh, a lot more tracks there's more cars uh, no actual physical you know no actual official license or no wrc license i will talk about the cars and tracks in a little bit um but this is for all intents and purposes, more of an arcade style racer. Um, there's no, uh, there's no sort of simulation aspect to this game. There is a very basic damage model, but it's it's only a visual damage model, and even then, it's only uh, with the car bodies, which seem to bend and break in all weird, weird manner of, of shapes. Um, that are not in the slightest bit realistic. So don't expect like bumpers hanging off, or bonnets opening, or doors breaking or you know even glass shattering there's nothing like that uh, nothing even remotely like what you would expect in contemporary playstation games like colin mccray rally etc and for the people that i knew who did own playstations who would come to my house and play on the n64 they'd see this game and they'd think it was rubbish and not really give it a you know second thought but once you sit down with it and play start playing through it and start to learn the courses um, it's actually a really fun little game uh, it's got a great handling model and there's actually some really nice little touches and the tracks themselves are, are actually really quite inventive. Even though they are all circuit-based tracks, they're not you know point-to-point ones. They're all circuit-based, they're all kind of fantasy settings. But there's so much variety and it plays so well that you can kind of overlook that. It's not so much a rally game, it's, it's, it is more of just an arcade racer that tends to be set on off-road courses, full of shortcuts, and, you know, full of nice details in the backgrounds. But I'll come on to those in a second. First of all, we're going to talk about the uh, the main meat of the game, which is the, the championship mode. Championship mode in Top Gear Rally is actually quite good. 
And it's not your standard, you know, just race each course in order. Basically, what happens is the game presents you with a series of seasons. So you start in spring and then you progress through the other seasons. And in each season, you get a set amount of races to take part in. And depending on where you finish in those races, it gives you a set amount of points. And you need to get to a certain total to get to the next season. Uh, so you start in summer, everything's nice and bright and sunny. You get your first two cars to choose from, what car one or car two. I think it's a Lancia Delta and a Ford Escort. If you've reached the max, the required number of points in those two races, you move on to the next season. And the good thing about that is that not only does it give you a gradual introduction to the new tracks, but it also changes the weather depending on the season. So in the winter months, obviously, you are racing in snow and rain and that kind of thing. And it's just nice that it mixes things up a bit. Um, the championship mode kind of does dictate how much you can enjoy the other mode, which is arcade mode. You can only race arcade mode courses that you've unlocked in the championship. And arcade differs from the championship in that it's just a single race against the uh, the full complement of 20 cars, or rather there's 19 other cars and you make up the 20th. And it's just you against the clock and the other cars. So, yeah... Um, it does follow the same kind of model as something like Sega Rally, where you basically start at the back of the pack every single time and you have to get to the front of the pack battling through the the other 19 vehicles, some of which are really slow, some of which are quite fast and will give you a good run for your money as they continually overtake you or you know um, tailgate you, waiting for you to make a mistake, which you will do, so then they can take your place. Uh, it does get quite annoying at times because you can have a perfect race and then you can just cock it up on the last lap and you know you only need to get that one extra uh, finishing place and get the points to move on to the next season but you'll finish maybe third or fifth when you needed to finish you know second or fourth to get those points and that means you are you, you, you your season's screwed really you have to restart the season which can be annoying if there's more than two races but yeah for the most part the the championship is quite entertaining and it's quite original for this type of game. And also I like the way that it is connected with the, the arcade mode so you can only race tracks that you've, uh, you've unlocked in Championship. Now, in terms of tracks and vehicles, the um, the complement of tracks here in Top Gear Rally is not huge. There's only four initial ones when you uh, when you start the game, and there is an unlockable one as well. But they're all quite unique. They've got their own quirks. They're full of shortcuts. Some of which you you kind of you need to really take in the championship mode just to just to get ahead, really. And it is notable that the the AI cars do actually also take the same shortcuts on occasion. So you need to watch out for that. It's not as bad as something like Four Wheel Thunder on the Dreamcast where you need to take every shortcut and hit every boost to even have a chance of coming first. It's not that bad, but it's it's definitely worth exploring in the in the practice mode to see so you know where some of the shortcuts are because they can shave considerable amounts of time off your off your lap times. So you've got a you've got a coastline, desert, jungle and mountain which are pretty good descriptors of of what they are. And uh, then there's a fifth uh, secret track, which is a strip mine. Back in the day when I discovered the track, I didn't actually know what a strip mine was. <laughs> but it's basically uh, like a quarry. So you've got loads of machinery and stuff like like wandering around. And uh, yeah, you, you drive around through the um, the actual workings of, a, of an actual mine. 
In terms of vehicles, Top Gear Rally does uh, does shine. It's got seven initial cars that you can use, and they're all uh, they're all based on real world designs. They're not officially licensed. We've got things like the Toyota Celica, the Lancia Delta, the Ford Escort, and the uh, the Subaru Impreza. They're not the most realistic looking representations of these cars, but you know, if you squint and stand about ten feet away from the screen, you can kind of tell <laughs> what they're meant to be. Uh, the real stars in Top Gear Rally, though, are the, the bonus cars. As you progress through the game and unlock more and more championships and seasons and, and come first on those uh, championship stages, which is more important, uh, you can unlock some pretty bizarre secret vehicles. Um, the one that stands out for me is the one that looks like a giant beach ball with a, with smaller beach balls for wheels. Uh, there's things like milk trucks, and there's a, there's a helmet car as well, which is basically like a crash helmet with a... Uh, car built into the bottom of it so yeah there's uh, there's quite a few different ones to uh, to unlock um, and they're quite quite unique really quite inventive probably not as inventive as the uh, the taco car that you can unlock in the sequel to this game or pseudo sequel top gear overdrive which is also on the n64 i will talk about the other games in the series in a sec but uh, yeah th- there's quite a good quite a good selection of vehicles to unlock what we'll say as well though is that they don't really tend to have any difference in in handling some of the later cars obviously are a lot quicker than the ones that you get initially but for all the the worth that they don't handle any any differently as far as i can tell um you can tweak the handling models in in the different vehicles you've got different settings for steering for suspension and, and for tires but it's all very kind of it's all very watered down it doesn't really have that much of an impact on how the cars handle so you are probably better off just sticking with the default settings in most of these vehicles because it doesn't really matter if you change any of the, of the different settings. Uh, but yeah, good selection of vehicles. And uh, the main thing about this game, as I said earlier on, is that the cars all handle really well. They do have this kind of quite slidey tendency, but that's a good thing, especially in a sort of a very loose arcade racer that this is. Um, the gameplay, the handling is is the star of the show here. The, the visuals are not the best. The sound is pretty awful. Uh, but the handling of the vehicles really does save this one from being a, a bit of a car crash. So yeah, vehicles are good. Courses, not that many, but are quite inventive and uh, quite distinct from each other. You can definitely tell what you're racing on just by looking at the screen. A cursory glance, you can see what environment you're meant to be in. Uh, so yeah, pretty good on those fronts. Now, I did mention the sound as being terrible, and to be fair to the game, it is running on the N64. It's not a system that is known for its amazing sound processing qualities, but the the music in, in Top Gear Rally is, is not, it's not the best. That's me being kind, uh, which is interesting because it's actually done by a pretty well-known composer in the gaming world, a guy called Barry Leach. Yeah, Barry Leach has worked on tons of games over the years. Uh, most recent one I can think of is Horizon Chase Turbo, which is a really cool retro-inspired racer and sounds amazing. He also worked on the Lotus games. And yeah, this one didn't really hit the mark for me. Um, the music is is functional but passable. The the sound effects of the vehicles are likewise nothing to write home about. There's no co-driver here either. What you do get though is a really bizarre kind of knock when you uh, when you hit any other cars. It doesn't really sound like two vehicles colliding. It sounds like 
somebody dropping a spoon in a in a uh, in a sink, <laughs> at least to me anyway. Um, so it's not the best when it comes to the sound design. However, on researching for this episode, uh, I did find um, a pretty interesting quote from Barry, which is actually listed on the uh, the cutting room floor website, and uh, it says here on the cutting room floor that the the music uh, composer Barry Leach said um, that Top Gear Valley for N64 probably the only N64 game ever to use eight bit samples. Overall, the audio design for this game was pretty bad. The poor listener was forced to listen to the same tune over and over again while they tried to qualify for the next round, the poor buggers. And also on the same website, it does have uh, audio samples of the two different title tracks for the for the different versions of the game, one for the US release and one for the, the PAL and Japanese releases. So that's quite interesting that they wanted the uh, the music to be changed between, between regions. But yeah, overall, sound, not amazing. Functional, but nothing to write home about. A bit like this podcast, really. I mean, you can probably tell from the way I'm talking about this game that I do quite like it, not least because of right at the beginning of this episode, I was waxing lyrical about how my history with N64 and this game in particular is quite quite lengthy. And the game did spawn a couple of sequels. Uh, there's Top Gear Rally 2 on the N64 as well. And there's also Top Gear Overdrive, which is less of a rally game, more of a just a straight arcade racer. That one kind of sticks in the mind, though, because it did have the expansion pack improved visuals and it did look quite good for an N64 game very crisp and as the name of the game suggests it does have pedigree from the Super Nintendo series of Top Gear games overall though I'm I'm a big fan of this this game and I would recommend it to any N64 owner even today in in current year uh, it's it's quite a cheap game and um, just seek it out give it a go and I think you'd be pleasantly surprised at how well it plays how much replay value there is and just um, how many different options there are to tinker with. You've even got things like a, um, a decal editor that wasn't it wasn't a standard feature in games back in the in the mid to late nineties, and um, and that's really cool because you can basically you know if, if you've got the time and the inclination, you can recreate real rally liveries and put them onto your N sixty four game in extreme blurrow vision. But that's what gives it the charm, you know. Uh, so yeah, as a, as a final summary, then I will say that it's a it's a really it's a, it's a really playable and enjoyable game. It doesn't look the best, and it doesn't have a massive amount of tracks, but what it does have is great gameplay, and it actually uses what it has to great effect with the amount of different options in terms of weather and the way it plays with the small number of tracks in the, uh, in the quite extensive championship mode. So if you do see this cheap, give it a go. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Highly recommended for N64 owners. Okay, that is going to do it for this episode of Bonus Stage on Power Drifting, the Valley Game podcast. If you'd like to hear more of these episodes, you can uh, check us out on iTunes or you can find our dedicated site at www.powerdriftingpodcast.com and you can follow us on Twitter at PowerDriftPod. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter if you like, at Tom Lee C, and you can find my virtual co-driver Mike at space underscore turnip. Until the next time, thank you very much for listening, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Goodbye. Finish!